This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. It is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. I'm Michelle Smallman. He's Jordan Renan. We have a lot of stuff to get into today. We're going to talk about the baseball trade deadline, a lot of stuff happening in the NFL. But Jordan, before we dive into the sports, I need yeah, to how get do you top your- that? I need to get your take on the samples because I was actually with Chris Canty last week when we discussed this Chris Carlin conundrum, this sample conundrum. I said I think it's okay to go back for two samples. You get one, it slaps, you want to go back for another. Maybe you put your head down out of respect, grab it, and then hustle to the checkout line. But Chris Canty is the sample police, and he said it's strictly one, and if you go back for one, it's a flag on the play. So what do you think about this? No, I'm with you. I think two's Okay, you're all right to go back for a second. I think after that, you're getting greedy. Now, I heard their conversation today, and I do agree with Canty. It's like, you're going for three. What are you doing? And then your excuse for not buying the whole thing is because it's unhealthy. But you just ate three already, so you already showed (laughs) a complete (laughs) lack of uh, sort of self-awareness or self-control. Like, you might as well just buy buy the actual product then. At that point, it's almost like you're stealing product. So I agree. Two is max for me. I think two is a good number. I'm with you, Michelle. Yeah, I thought two, but Chris Canty and Rob Ninkovich both said one and done, or else it's uh, it's definitely a flag on the play. So I'm yeah, glad because we they're that they, they're in a different uh, you know tax bracket than us. So like they're like <laughs> you know if we're just going to take more than one, we should just buy this the thing already. You know, just just put it in the cart, even if we're never going to just leave it in the back of the freezer. They could they could do that. They they were NFL players. They they uh they have the financial means that me and you don't have. We 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 could sneak in a second. That's right. Well, some people in the NFL that are wanting to add to their tax bracket are the running backs, Jordan Renan. Mm-hmm. And you've been all over the Saquon Barkley news about he and the Giants not meet, meeting uh, in the same place, not getting a long-term deal done. It was, I believe, a week ago, the 4 p.m. Eastern dead time. It was a week time. ago to the day. Yeah, they a got close. Ago. And Saquon, you know, really held his ground. I was surprised, by the way. I thought when they got to a certain guaranteed money point, it would at least be worth it for him to get the two years basically guaranteed. And you know what? There's ego involved too, and he he wanted he wanted more than uh, you know the Giants were willing to offer. They didn't think it was good value for what he is, and and I get that part of it. But the the flip side is, what's the market for running backs? Exactly. Well, Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs both getting the franchise tag from the Giants and the Raiders. It sparked this big conversation about the value of running backs today, and there's been some news. Jordan, a big call that happened with mm-hmm. some of the premier running backs in the league. Uh, Austin Eckler organized this. He's been very outspoken about NFL running backs not being paid their worth. And some big names on the call. Nick Chubb, Saquon Barkley, Derrick Henry, Christian McCaffrey, and Josh Jacobs. Now, they kicked around some ideas during the call. No major plans have emerged from the meeting. But clearly, they're all getting together because they realize what the... The marketplace is dictating right now what the landscape is like for running backs, and they're trying to do something about it. But there's no solution, right, Michelle? Like, they, right. Oh, we all talk, but hey, there's nothing we really could do. How about this? I have the solution. Oh, Because I'm kind of tired of this and hearing us say, oh, the running backs are being mistreated. Here's the deal. Let's go over the names you just mentioned, okay? Saquon Barkley, Derrick Henry, Christian McCaffrey, Josh Jacobs, Austin Eckler, Nick Chubb. Okay, mm-hmm. let's put them all together. There's not a ton of playoff wins there. How many titles are there? How many Super Bowl appearances are there even? You know what the answer is to that? 
Zero. 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 If running backs really want to get paid, they're at a point where the only way that their position is going to be fully respected monetarily is if you prove that a team can win with a running back getting paid a lot of money, right? And a big, high-paid running back. Because until that happens, this is a copycat league. So every general manager is looking at, okay, here are the last 10 teams to win a Super Bowl, right? Because the last team built around a running back was um, the Seattle Seahawks and Marshawn Lynch. Yeah. So we're talking a, a decade ago now. The last 10 teams... Their recipe for success, at least roster construction-wise, has been don't pay running backs money, a lot of money, and build use the money at other positions. So until NFL general managers see cons- at least once, for God's sakes, right? Forget consistently. How about once that a team can build a, a Super Bowl winner with a running back getting paid a lot of money? They're not. The other ones aren't going to want to do it. And it's going to continue to go in his direction. And the big running backs after their first you know, deal, after the first four, five, six years, are going to have trouble getting paid for what they do on the field. Because the results in regards to team winning are not there. And it seems like this is this erosion Jordan has been happening basically since Sean McVay made those comments about Todd Gurley. And and we saw what happened with Todd Gurley. He was the offensive player of the year at 23. Mm-hmm. He placed third at age 24. He was cut after his age 25 <laughs> season and out of football by 26. Yeah, unbelievable. You know Todd Gurley, by the way, he had the same agent. As Saquon Barkley. Interesting. That's a good nugget to know. Changed agents, but yeah, he did. But Sean McVay came out and said we shouldn't we shouldn't be paying running backs like this. I'm paraphrasing, obviously. And I think a lot of front offices are looking at the numbers, they're looking at the production, and they're they're realizing that they can supplement that production elsewhere without having to spend money for it. And when the Rams went and reallocated the money, that's when they were able to win. Yes, you know, so it might be a coincidence, sure. That's what ultimately happened. So until they get to that point where they and, – and the best chance, I believe, we all agree, I mean, I think you'd agree with this, uh, is that uh, Christian McCaffrey is now on a team. That's the team where you say, okay, he's the guy that kind of has to do it for everybody else now. And he's the highest paid, by the way, while we're at it. Yeah, no pressure. So, for, yeah, Christian. the responsibility is all on your shoulders, <laughs> yeah. Christian. You no want your running backs to get paid? <laughs> Go win a Super Bowl. All right? Good luck. At Good least luck. get to a Super Bowl. None of those guys have even been to a Super Bowl. Derrick Henry yeah. is actually the closest that got there. And part of the reason they weren't able to get over the top during that time was because they're paying all this money to a running back and they quite don't have the, the same level of quarterback play as everybody else. Well, one of those guys that was on the call with Saquon Barkley, Derrick Henry, Christian McCaffrey, Josh Jacobs, and Austin Eckler was Nick Chubb. The Browns have started training camp and he spoke about the state of being a running back right now in the NFL. Say we get hit every play, and we're more injury injury prone when we're all on the field doing the same thing. But only that applies to us, you know. And I mean, I would say if we're if we're taking the most risk and doing the most, then we should be valued more. If we go out there and run for two thousand yards with so many um, carries, the next year they're going to say, you know, you're probably worn down. That's the biggest thing that I took from it. It's just, I mean, it's tough. You know, we it hurts us just to go out, to go out there and do good. It hurts us at, at the end of the day. He's not wrong, Jordan, because no. the front offices are looking at the analytics, they're looking at the numbers, and they're realizing if 
if running backs get so many touches, that's when that erosion comes in. So he's not wrong. If they go out there and they do their job and they put up those numbers, it it devalues them, which it, is actually crazy. It's funny because you bring that up. So I speak to a lot of people around the league and you know people from other teams that I'm friendly with, like executives, you know, are texting me throughout this whole you know contract saga with Saquon. Sure. And I had an executive actually tell me that right, who basically said Saquon if he goes out there this year. And he has, first of all, he had a he played a ridiculous number of snaps last year, almost eighty percent, which for a running back to these days is, is crazy, right? If he goes out there and has three hundred plus carries this year and has a great year and does what he just did this past year, right? It's not going to even equate to more money for him because when teams are looking at a future investment in a running back, they're going to look at him. Okay, now he's twenty seven years old. He's an, he's a year older with more wear and tear on his body, so his value won't even go up. It wow. and it actually might go down. And it, and I was like, wow, that's actually a pretty good point. So he can go out there and play great. His his value still, according to people in the league, people who deal with contracts, who are the ones who are negotiating with him, are saying, you know what. Your value, it doesn't matter. You can run for 1,600 yards this year. The wear and tear on your body is going to bring your value down no matter what, which is crazy if you think about it. It puts them in a really bad spot. No, they, You basically can't win. Yeah, they're in a no-win situation, so that's why they're on this call. They're trying to figure out a solution. How do they solve this, this issue with the running backs and the payment system in the NFL? Here's our ESPN NFL analyst, Ryan Clark. These phone calls need to be about finding a solution and a way to help out the entire position. That's going to take a level of unselfishness that we really haven't seen from players in the entirety of the league. That's going to take the Saquon Barkley's. That's going to take the Josh Jacobs to say, you know what? If we are franchise, we'll sign the franchise tender. We will go to work. We will practice throughout the week. And then on Sunday, when you need me, I'm going to decide that my back is hurt. My hamstring is a little sore. My quad is a little bit tight. And so now I can't play against the Kansas City Chiefs when you need me. I can't play against the Dallas Cowboys when the game is in prime time at MetLife. You have to understand what that comes with, the ramifications of it, the consequences of it. But you also have to be tied in. What do you think about that, Jordan? I mean, he wants them to basically be the martyrs, right? That's tough. That's a tough thing to ask somebody to do, especially when you're talking about what's the shelf life for these guys? I know. You have a finite amount of time to play. What happened when – I give Le'Veon Bell a lot of credit because he tried, right? That, which is why I would say that that's not a smart play for these guys individually. I would not give them that same advice because Le'Veon Bell tried. He tried to be the guy to go out there and do it and for, the, for, for himself and for everybody else to go this route and say, you know, running backs aren't fairly compensated. And what happened? What happened? He basically sacrificed his career. He yeah, never he returned to the same level. So it actually backfired on everybody because now you're looking at it and they're saying, well, you could sit out, but hey, you're not even you're never gonna be the same player again. You're never really gonna be able to make up the money. At most, you're just gonna be able to make back up the money that that you gave up. So what are you really gaining? You're you're the same place in regards to money, but in regards to career, you're putting your career in jeopardy. How could you ask guys to do that? And you have to wonder, Jordan, too, about throwing yourself into that environment if you're not fully prepared, if you haven't gone to training camp, if the if your body is 
I mean, you could be working out and have your body in a certain way, but NFL speed is totally different. And if you're a running back yeah. and you're worried about your durability anyway, I just think that that's, that's a risk too. You need to make sure that you're not getting hurt. But then if you're not playing consistently, you're putting yourself in a position where that might be a little bit more likely. Yeah, Chris Johnson was on our air recently, and he, I think he said he wasn't didn't feel like himself until like week seven. Yeah, you know when he held out. So when you do that, look again, he's not going to put up. The, then you don't put up the big numbers. So then when you go to free agency and you don't have the big numbers, like are you really going to get paid the big money? So they're in a really tough spot. I, I think it's something that they need to discuss with the union come the next CBA, mm-hmm. you know, negotiation. But in the meantime, these guys need to do need to do what's best for them, and to maximize their earning windows because they're it's going to close quickly, real yeah. quickly. There's no easy pathway to figure out a solution here. We have a lot of calls coming in eight 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 say ESPN. That's eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Let's get to Derek in Texas. Derek, welcome to Canty and Carlin. Hey, welcome. Hey, hey, thank you. Hey, guys, hear me out for a minute. Just please try to bear with me. Okay. I find it funny, the running back, the what have you, take Derrick Henry out of it. He's an anomaly, physical specimen. Put Christian McCaffrey there, the most one of the most injury-prone running backs that were year after year after year. I'm going somewhere with it. But now, look, also with these running backs, we talk about the quarterback, the quarterback sneaks, all the numbers that everybody are putting up in sustaining drives or because of fourth and inches, or third and one. How many times do we want Josh Allen or Dak Prescott or Jalen Hurts to continue to report, draw back, or Patrick Mahomes to continue to dive, get one yard, or get two, or get three? They do all the dirty work. Sure, I know they're devalued, but somebody needs to point that out, and, and nobody's talking about it. They're, 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 everybody's on the same page. These guys, and, and one other thing, how many times are we seeing a head-on collision with the running backs, they're not getting hit squarely like in college and high school. You know who's taking the hits every play? The offensive linemen or that pulling tackle or that pulling guard. But mm-hmm. when it comes to these, 99% of them are, Af- are African-American also. So I'm not trying to put that in there, but that's a factor too. Because if you can – I mean, these guards pull. They crash on every play. The running backs go out for screen plays or they come out on second down. They're not taking head-on collisions. So that theory about shelf life is an excuse and overused because those guys are not getting pounded like high schoolers in college. Yeah, there's wear and tear, but the Larry Allen, the Leon Letts, and all those guys that crash into the Jadavian Clownies and all those all those guys in the old and Reggie White, them guard right there. So they're taking a beating every freaking time. Yeah, thanks, Derek. No, I mean, look. The offensive linemen are taking beating. The thing with the offensive linemen is they're being compensated. Yeah. And there's a better rate. See, see here's the thing with offensive line play. They get injured too, right? Because they're, they're taking beatings nonstop. But it's easier to come back. And they generally, their longevity of their career is there for longer. Like, you can compensate for a torn knee as an offensive lineman, come back, you don't have to be as explosive. The second you lose a little explosiveness as a running back and a little bit of that athleticism, then it shows more and 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 it affects your, the the length of your career. So that's why I think you're more willing to invest in an offensive lineman than you would be in a running back. Let's get to Derek and Charlotte. Derek, welcome to Canty and Carlin. 
Hey, really quick, uh, in defense of, of the running back's position, uh, ultimately two things. Number one, I think they should flip the equation of how you pay the running backs. Um, the reality is that they, they should get paid more up front than they do at the end. The, the, the teams are the only one getting the benefit of this. You get a franchise running back at a rookie deal, um, and then by the time that person needs to get paid, you're like, oh, well, you didn't, you, you, you put too much wear and tear on them. That's where they need to fight for this is flip the equation. The other thing about – So wait a minute, wait a minute, real quick. If you're a running back then or you're like one of these guys that plays like running back slash wide receiver coming out of college – and you, you, you're going to be like, well, I want to qualify as a running back. I want to get paid up front. Everyone's all of a sudden going to be a pseudo running back. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. it's, it's hard to differentiate by position coming into the NFL. Because they'll, they'll want to get theirs. They're going to want to secure yeah, the Yeah, well, back. hey, hey I, I play running back some. I play 20% running back. I, or, or they view me as a running back in the NFL. I could do both, you know. But so I think it's, Derek- a, it's a very fine line. It, it so is, and I hear you, but I think Derek brings up an interesting point, and maybe the NFLPA negotiates this in, but if if they're going to have a shorter shelf life monetarily, then they need to figure out a way where the salary is going to be bumped up in the first three years, because if, if we're talking about these guys losing their value at age 26, they got to figure out a way to, to somehow overcompensate on the front end. Do here's the question: Will teams still want be scared to invest in them? Because it's it is uh, the other problem is it's one of the more easily replaceable positions. Mm-hmm. So hey, if it's two years, fine. We'll just get out. We'll, every two years, we'll recycle running yeah. back. I mean, there'll be teams that probably have that same approach. It's a very tricky situation. I don't really know what the answer is because it's evolved into a passing game, right? So I think to me, if I'm a running back. I want to be like a pass-catching running back. Like That's the future. That's where this is going. Those guys get paid because look at the two, two of the highest ones are were McCaffrey and, and Kamara and why. Because their best skills are catching the ball. Like that's the, that's the difference that they bring to it. Straight runners, those guys they find are easily replaceable, don't last as long. That's where the problem is. How much do you think quarterbacks being more mobile factors into this equation too? It's interesting because you would think I would take the the wear and tear off the running back a little bit because they're taking right. some of the hits too. But I I don't think it it really changes it that much. Okay. I I don't because like the run you still need it. You still want a good running back, right? You still want a good running game with your running back. Yeah, it's a good addition and it opens it up for your running back if your quarterback's running, right? The 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 zone read and the read option are plays where it allows for the running back to have maybe less attention on him. So it, it actually, in a way, would make it more valuable for the running back. He's Jordan Renan. I'm Michelle Smallman. It's Canteen Carlin here on ESPN Radio. And coming up next, keep weighing in on the running back situation. We want to hear from you. 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. We see your calls coming in. Plus, it's our ESPN Radio NFL Two-A-Days. We're going to talk about the Chicago Bears. What does success look like for Chicago? And what does Justin Fields have to prove this season? We'll talk about it next. Keep it here on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive 
eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. ESPN Radio's NFL Two-A-Days continue. An in-depth preview of every team in the National Football League. So badly want to bring Super Bowl here. NFL Two-A-Days. Two teams. Every day. As we storm toward the start of the 2023 NFL season, NFL Two-A-Days continues right here on ESPN Radio. He's Jordan Renan. I'm Michelle Smallman. It's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. And Jordan, it's time for our NFL Two-A-Days. And the first team that we are going to take a look at are the Chicago Bears. A, l- mm. a lot of um, intrigue surrounding hype. the Bears. A lot of hype. Hype yeah. machine's going. Not only because Justin of Justin Fields and how electric he is. They acquire DJ Moore. You give him a true number one wide receiver. You're hoping to see Justin Fields take that next step. But their division, the NFC North, has a lot of question marks around it as well. So people wondering what the Bears could be. So, Jordan, I'll pose this question to you. What does success look like for the Chicago Bears this season? Anywhere near a winning record, I think, is a success for them. I mean, this has been a franchise that has struggled badly the last couple of years. I mean, their offensive line is hasn't been good for as long as you can remember. Their skill position players last year were brutal. I think with DJ Moore, Cole Komet, uh, Chase Claypool, at least they're heading in the right direction. I still don't think they're good enough, by the way, that in regards to that that skill position players. Like you said, DJ Moore, like a number one, like a true number one, like. I like DJ Moore a lot, but if we like list the true like number one receivers in the league, he's probably be- like below the average point. Like he's not he's not a top ten receiver in the NFL. Maybe he's around top fifteen. So like he's like an average number one. He's still not like a Justin Jefferson. Yeah, <laughs> I don't care if this guy is double and triple covered. We're throwing in the ball every single play. Right. 
Now, to be fair, he hasn't had a lot of good quarterback play around him, so maybe he he is at that level. We just haven't seen it yet, but I don't know. I just still think I'm not the biggest Chase Claypool fan either. We saw he did nothing basically last year when he went there. I know he's talented, but now we have two teams that he's been to, and he hasn't really done much of anything, so... I need to see more from this team, but anywhere near 500 winning record, huge success for the Bears. Easy schedule, bad division. Easy schedule, bad division. I'm with you. I I think as long as they're in the six to eight win range, and more importantly, it feels like they could be better the next year. I think Bears fans, at the end of this season, if Justin Fields further solidifies himself as the guy under center, you know he's going to be the franchise. He has that connectivity with DJ Moore. Are you on that hype train? On Justin Fields? Yeah. I am, but I want to see what he does as a passer this year. We know see, I'm with you, but there's people out there like he could be an MVP. Like Lewis really loves him. Like MVP <laughs> yeah. candidate, this and that. Like I'm not making that jump either. It doesn't sound like you are. So we know what he can do with his legs. He became the third quarterback to rush for over a thousand yards lethal. last year. We know, uh, you know, one thousand one hundred forty-three yards. But I need to see him be effective as a passer. That's why they they traded that pick because they believe in him. That's why they went out and acquired DJ Moore. I need to see him grow as a passer this year, and then those questions will be erased for me. But there is no doubt that he is so talented. He's so athletic. He's electric. But I think if you see him grow in that manner and the Bears double and maybe even more, put a little cherry on top, their win total from last year, I think that's a success for them this year. Now, what about Justin Fields? What specifically does he have to prove in your mind this season? I'm with you. I need to see more from him as a passer. Okay, I mean, I've seen him play a couple times now live. Not overly impressed at his ability to throw the football. It's been a little inconsistent. Now, he was throwing to nobody and had nobody to throw to. His offensive line hasn't been very good. So like those are usually things that prevent you from looking good as a, as a passer, and I think that's probably why. We saw him run more than anybody. Anybody thought he was going to run. Like he never ran that much in college. He came. He was like Mike Vick last year. Last year. I mean, running around the field, and you're like, "Holy cow!" It's he's explosive. He's deadly. But he says four, he said four thousand yards passing, and I'm not like I like I like the optimism. I like the confidence, the self confidence. But at the same time, all right. You don't need to say that out loud. You threw for 2,200 yards last year, okay? <laughs> You're like, oh, I'm going to double it this year. Oh, okay, really? Let me see it. Let me see it, buddy. So in order for me to want to put him in that category, like there's other young quarterbacks that I'll take over him in a snap, like in a heartbeat. Like you give me Justin Herbert mm-hmm. any any day of the week right now. Trevor uh, Lawrence. Over, oh, Trevor Lawrence, yeah. Like these are guys I think going forward, I, I'm more confident, at least now, because like you said, he has something still to prove. He also, by the way, said that he was one of the top five running quarterbacks of all time. So he's got a lot of confidence yeah, he, in himself. That's not something he's lacking. He probably uh, hasn't watched football pass, you know, like a decade ago. <laughs> all right. Well, what does Justin Fields need to prove this year? Here's our ESPN NFL analyst, Ryan Clark. I think it's undeniable how talented Justin Fields is. Uh, and I'm talking about both what he could do with his arm and also what he could do with his legs. When you add D.J. Moore and you have a Chase Claypool and all of Darnell Mooney, who is your number one, kind of becomes that two, three, you expect the pass game to improve. D.J. Moore is somebody you can get the football out of your hand too quickly and watch him make plays. And so when you look at this team as a whole, I think they've improved offensively, also in protection. It's time for Justin Fields to show that he can be a franchise guy. 
So Ryan Clark on the same page as us, Jordan, about about Justin Fields needing to improve as a passer. Okay, when you examine the Chicago Bears, what's the biggest concern facing this team? It's not the division because that division <laughs> I don't think is great. Uh, is it the offensive line? Is it? I was, was going to say. I was going to say it's probably still that offensive line. They have some questions, really, for the most part across the line. Except I, I, I guess if. Uh, Cody Whitehair is healthy. Uh, yeah, so I'm on the edges. I'm still concerned about their tackles. I need to, I need to see more. Uh, I, like they have young tackles. Uh, in order to protect the quarterback, you gotta have confidence in that offensive line. I still think it's there, but uh, the reason I hesitated because we when you think of Chicago Bears, you think of defense, right? Yeah, the monsters of the midway. But Tough. they have not been very good defensively the past few years. Like there's, I still have concerns about the back end of their defense. In particular, they, they went out and they filled the linebacker problem, right? They went and signed two of the top linebackers available, including T.J. Edwards, in free agency. But I'm still concerned about their back end of their defense, their, their pass rush. Uh, I, I don't view as like high end, and those two things are usually a bad combination. I, so either that or offensive line, I was going back and forth in my head mm-hmm. which one to choose. Yeah, I know that they went out and they made some additions to the offensive line, but if you want Justin Fields to emerge as a a better passing quarterback, you need to make sure that he's protected. Okay, finally, who is the most important non-quarterback on this team? Hmm. Or most important player that's not a quarterback, I should say. I'm going to say DJ Moore. Yeah. Because like I said before, they did just... I still don't think their weapons are good enough. So in order for them to even have... Like what do they have? Like you know, Donta Foreman, uh, Khalil Herbert, like you know, Darnell Mooney, uh, Chase Claypool, DJ Moore, Cole Komet. Like it's okay, but in order for that group to really be enough to support Justin Fields, DJ Moore's got to be that guy. He's got to be thirteen hundred yard, mm-hmm. thirteen hundred yard type receiver. He's got to play at that level. Be like, all right, he's a clear cut number one. So. Yeah. To me, and that that's most beneficial when you're talking about the growth of Justin Fields. Yeah, it seems like all roads for Chicago's success start and end with Justin Fields. He's Jordan Renan. I'm Michelle Smallman. And coming up next, Anthony Rizzo was in a bit of a slump, and he changed his walk-up song to Taylor Swift. Did it help? Swifty? Is Jordan Renan a Swifty? We're going to talk about <laughs> it next. Canteen Carlin, ESPN Radio, and the ESPN app. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. High fly ball, deep right field, water's back, on the track, at the wall, see ya! That call courtesy of the Yes Network, one of Anthony Rizzo's many highlights from yesterday. Jordan Renan, Michelle Smallman, it's Canteen Carlin, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM. <laughs> oh, let me lay out here, Jordan. Go for it. <laughs> no, that's, that's the most you'll ever get from me. But well, that was pretty good. I will tell you this. So my daughter is 12 years old. 
Swifty. I must have heard this song 150 times. This is like the oh, song that she like she'll like dance around the house to. I think that like 150 the, might be a low estimation if your daughter's a Swifty, right? I'm, but I'm saying that I heard on like she plays <laughs> out loud on the Alexa that's like in the main room. Got that's it. what I'm saying. And like or when she jumps on the trampoline, it's always that song. Oh, I love well, it. It's a great it. song. It really is. It is. I will. It is my favorite Taylor Swift song. I'm not exactly super knowledgeable, but it the, it is catchy. I will say. Well, it's catchy and it's apparently good luck because Anthony Rizzo was in a slump. He uh, that's was an in a bad way. By the way, slump. Yes, he yesterday in New York's eight to five win over the Royals, he went four for four with a double, and he had his first home run in forty five games. This was after he changed his walk up song to "Ready for It" by Taylor Swift. So, are we contributing Anthony Rizzo's success to the Taylor Swift walk up song, Jordan Renan? Absolutely, you got to stick with it, right? I mean, there's no way in the world Anthony Rizzo comes up to the. I don't think they play today. I think they play the Mets tomorrow. I think they're off today. There's no way he doesn't come up tomorrow and have ready for playing again, right? Like, you have to. You have to. If you yeah. haven't hit a home run since May 20th, and then you work in some Taylor Swift, and you go yard, and you go four for four, all athletes are superstitious. Baseball players in particular Especially, very yeah. superstitious. And I will add this. If he you know, ends up you know, eventually cooling off at some point, you should then go, he should probably even go to another Taylor Swift song before he looks for something else. Oh, keep it in the catalog. You know what I mean? Like, okay, that that kind of wore off a little bit as good luck, but, uh, you know, shake it off or whatever. That's the only thing I can think of. (laughs) Cruel summer. I mean, we are in the dog days of summer. All right, well, here is Yankees first baseman Anthony Rizzo about that that change in the walk-up song. Anthony, speaking of changing things up, did we notice a new walk-up song today? Was that part of the shake-up, too? Uh, yeah, at the well, Taylor Swift. It's it's her summer, really. She's she's, she's helping the economy in every city she goes. So, um, yeah, that was good. And then uh, I'm, I don't know if you guys caught it, but the welcome back as I was around the bases that was uh, that was fun too. Funny. So he's not joking, Jordan. The mm-hmm. Federal Reserve said that Taylor Swift's Eras Tour boosted the economy, and a market research firm called Question Pro estimated that her tour could help add five billion dollars to the worldwide economy. Five billion dollars. Well, so we Anthony contributed. Rizzo, I'll tell you that much. Oh, you did. Okay, sure. go on. I pulled in every favor I could to try and get tickets. So eventually, I I did get tickets. I still had to pay for them, and it was still <laughs> a lot of money. And then on top of that, the merch store, uh-huh. all this other stuff, MetLife, around MetLife Stadium for like my daughter and my wife went like, it was, it was a big deal for like my daughter to go and for you know, everybody, like all her friends like to go to this was like the highlight of their life. Oh, like, no it's joke. a core memory. It really That's was, something yeah. that they're going to remember forever. So kudos to you. You're the real MVP dad for pulling the strings and making it happen. I did not go, by the way. Oh, you right? did, but are you a Swifty? Would you consider yourself a Swifty? No, definitely not. I'm not a Swifty. But so at first I was like, I really don't want to go. But then as it got closer, you saw like it was one of those. It was an event, right? It wasn't just a concert anymore. It was such a big thing, like it's leading the news of like what's going on with Taylor Swift, and it's in town. And look, we live in New York, New Jersey. It's not like you're leading local news and you know, little small town in wherever, you know, North Dakota. It it was leading the news in New York and New Jersey. Like, that's how big it was. 
I'm like one of these people. I like life experiences. I don't know what your what your approach is. Like I want to do everything like once just to uh-huh. say I did it and check check the box off. So I had a little regret that I didn't end up going because I after the fact I was like, you know what? That would have been a good experience. I would have enjoyed it. So I'm with you. I'm all about the experiences rather than the the physical stuff. But I I kind of agree with you. I'm also not a Swifty. I'm new to the Taylor Swift fandom. I you was, knew some songs. I did you knew some I, songs. How can you not? She's you're, everywhere. You're a closet Swifty, maybe. So she, I was very anti, very publicly anti Taylor Swift for a long time. I just kind of felt like all the songs had the same themes. But then I, and this was my bad. Just like Taylor Swift says. It's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. I was the problem. I didn't realize that she wrote all her songs. I didn't realize how talented she was musically. I watched her documentary and it gave me a whole different look into Taylor Swift. So I'm a new Swifty, I would say. I mean, I'm not to the level that most people are that love her, but I also had a bit of FOMO, Jordan, that I didn't go to the concert. I think we're both in the same boat there. Yeah. I mean, it. it- it's, I, I know a lot of people that actually ended up going, so even more so, you're like, oh, you know what? I get it. It would have been an, a good experience to go to. I don't think it's a super high male population in a concert, though. <laughs> From what uh, I was told, I don't think that's the case. But I think the males that go have really enjoyed it. He's Jordan Renan. I'm Michelle Smallman. Coming up next, we stay in the baseball realm. Artie Moreno has a tough choice. Will Shohei Otani be traded? We'll talk about it next. ESPN Radio and the ESPN. (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.